This episode of the Scandal Podcast is brought to you by Scandal Podcast After Dark. Each week during the scandal season, after our regular show is over, we give you amazing highlights and conversations in the After Dark. If our show is rated PG, then the After Dark is definitely rated R. We laugh, we chat, and we give you exclusive access to us in this community. You'll also have bonuses in the After Dark that you will not see anywhere else. So go to dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support to join us. Welcome to the Scandal Podcast. Join Jaha Knight, Katrina Pavela, Eldia Harris, and Langston Smith as they break down the latest episode of Scandal with a whole lot of heart, a whole lot of humor, and a few well-seasoned words sprinkled in between. Let's go. Hello, 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 fellow gladiators. It is me, Jaha Knights, and I am live and in color, y'all. Well, today I know you all are like, well, Jaha, what in the heck happened last week? We were waiting on the podcast and wondering what the heck was going on. And you know, you all are our faithful listeners. We love you to death. And I have to be honest, I was in the hospital. (laughs) So there was some things that happened and uh, we weren't able to get the podcast out. Uh, The team was able to record the podcast, which is great. So those of you that showed up on Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time were able to listen to the podcast live. And those of you that registered more than likely got the replay. So it's really a good thing to kind of register for the episode, at least so that you can make sure that you get the show. Uh, That would be to go to uh, dramaqueenbooks.com backslash live review. That is how you get access to the live show the live episode but the problem was I was in the hospital and I know you're like girl what's wrong with you because y'all nosy I know y'all nosy because I be nosy too I be like what's wrong with them I actually was diagnosed with diabetes I don't know if I told you all a few weeks ago months ago whatever that I had PCOS but uh and I'm also insulin resistant so that kind of developed into full-blown diabetes and it was scary I didn't even know what was going on I had been sick for a while I don't know if you all heard on a couple of the episodes where I was like you know I was live with the team but I was not actually on video and that was really because I just really didn't feel well and I was trying to you know fix the problem myself like duct taping things you know taking a little bit of Robitussin when I should have just taken my ass to the hospital and that's (laughs) pretty much what ended up happening and Thank God it was caught in time. Everything is good. I am not a fife dog because I've heard that so many times. You know, fife dog died from complications of diabetes because that's actually what I was admitted for was complications from diabetes. But the crazy thing was I didn't even know I had diabetes. So it was a dual diagnosis. <laughs> but in any case, I'm getting better. I'm on the mend. And I thank you all for your prayers, for your reach outs on Twitter. Uh, I truly appreciate you all being there for me when you know I was down and out especially the team because they came through in the clutch they were awesome and um, I would also like to thank our guest host that sat in uh, for this episode and really just showed out with Langston and Eldia and I appreciate him for doing that so much and I appreciate you all for having the patience and allowing me to get back to myself so the show is a little bit late today and uh you have a double feature (laughs) basically because um 
I had to send this out in order to get it produced so that you all could get the episode and they were a little bit behind. So therefore, you have two shows today. Isn't that awesome? Um, I'm still struggling a little bit with my vision. So I am uh, a little bit uh, taken aback when it comes to like looking at things. Everything is a little bit blurry, but I'm working on it. Everything's coming together quite well. And um, I'm over here doing my thug thizzle as usual. Of course, this means I have to slow down just a little bit. Everyone keeps saying that you need to get well. You need to. Uh, but in any case, it's all good <laughs> because everything's going to work out and everything's going to be quite fine because I take care of me now. Now I'm putting me first. So it's it's coming to a, you know, a good thing. So if you all have anything that you're struggling with at this moment, anything that you think may be, you know, going on for yourselves or your body, please take care of yourselves because, you know, in these last couple of years, I haven't done as good of a job because I've been so busy, busy building this business so busy building this business I had to repeat myself um that I've been so focused and I've not really you know done the proper things with my exercise and diet like I was doing you know beforehand where I would exercise and I would eat correctly well a little more correctly than I have in these last two years so I hope that you all are doing that too and taking care of yourselves because you know mama ain't even 40 yet and mama got a little bit of something something going on over here but I'm gonna get up off these medicines it's just gonna take me a couple of minutes <laughs> all right y'all thank y'all for being able to you know accept that you know sometimes things happen and unfortunately that's what happened uh this well two weeks ago well you know, well, anyway, um, I'm out now. I'm better and everything is all good. And you all know we announced a couple of weeks ago that we have 100 episodes of the Scandal podcast that are unreleased that you all don't have access to. And we're going to actually give you all access to that. And I'm going to give you all that URL in probably a week due to the fact that, you know, my uh, my other team that has to put together the episodes is working on producing those so that you all have access to them as well. It's a hundred episodes of the Scandal Podcast that are not uh, in the after dark. They're not here on this uh, iTunes or Stitcher or any of the podcatchers. It is completely new content. And I know you all will love it because we had a great time uh, recording it for you all. So I cannot wait until we share that because we did it in honor of the 100th episode. And unfortunately, you know, all these things happened. So you all weren't able to get it on time, but we have it for you. So you'll be getting those within the next couple of weeks. And I can't wait for you all to sign up for it because it is going to be so good. All right. So that's it. I'm going to let you all listen to this episode, The Decision. All righty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scandal Podcast. I'm Lang Langston Smith sitting in for Jaha Knight, the, Jaha Knight, the creator and hostess of the Scandal Podcast. Everybody, please keep Jaha in your prayers. She is currently not with us because she's in the hospital. And at this point, we don't know what's going on, but we just know that we miss our sister and we hope she has a speedy recovery and comes back soon. Um, today, we'll be reviewing episode 10, the 100th episode of Scandal, The Decision, which was directed by Surat Raju and written by Joanna Lee. And I'm joined today by our Scandal podcast team. Uh, we have a new member joining us today, uh, filling in 
Uh, first, we have our regular, Ms. Eldia Harris. Hey, guys. And, Happy Easter. And we have um, a new entry, Mr. Daryl Sturgis, writer extraordinaire. Hola. <laughs> so, uh, Eldia, tell us what you've got going on, or if anything. And I'm just hanging out, enjoying this beautiful weather. I'm, okay. I'm liking it. We're getting a little bit of echo from you. I'm not sure why, but there's a little echo coming from you. Um, and Daryl, and Daryl, tell them what's going on with you. Um, nothing, just enjoying Easter, going to visit some family in a few. Okay. I'm going to give it a beat because you might still be talking. Is he still talking, Eldia? Because I can't hear anything. Do not hear him now. Okay. So those that's our team for today. And of course, I'm Langston Smith, as I said, and um, I'm doing the same, just chilling on an Easter Sunday. Uh, the weather is beautiful here in Chicago. Eldia says it's beautiful there in Columbus. And we'll find out what's going on with Daryl's weather when he comes back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, um... And, you know, of course, we're live and you're here watching us. And mm -hmm. if you have any questions, feel free to put them over in the comment section. But um, typically, you know, typically we just roll. And thank you, everybody. Thanks for saying Happy Easter. We just usually roll. But since we're down a couple, you know, a couple of folks, uh, LD and I are going to do our best to keep up with you. But if you can kind of hold off and you know throw your questions at us as we go through bits and pieces and sections and stuff like that and um but if you do if there's anything that pops up while we're actually discussing certain sections feel free to chime in all right so yes. as i said this week is episode 610 the decision and so basically we as we understand the premise is um cyrus is still in jail and the electoral and, and the electoral college, the electoral college's vote is looming, uh, and the choice at this point is between Melly or Cyrus. And so at this point, we come in as um, as Fitz, Olivia, and Jake are hashing out what they're going to what they're going to do at this point. And so, which then brings us to, you know, which is the lead-in to Olivia basically beginning to wonder what would have happened. Had she said no to the election rigging for Fitz's election eight years ago. So knowing what we know um, and then going into this, um, did you feel that the storyline for this episode was compelling? Why or why not? And feel free to answer that as well, audience members. Um I, I did. I will say this. Normally with like 100th episodes, it's really hard to live up to the expectation of what people expect. And I feel like with this episode, once everyone found out it was an, a what if episode, people, the expectations were super, super high. But instantly, the moment they flash back to defiance, I was like, you got me. I was like, I'm here. I'm with you. The initial scene with Fitz and Jake and Liv in the White House, we can instantly see that everyone had contrasting agendas on what they wanted uh, to happen and why. And then they just, Jake just posed that simple question. 
would your how would life be different if you hadn't rigged the election? And Fitz was like, we can't, you know, he gets on his, you know, Fitz like ran of we can't do that. And you of all people should know why. And Olivia's just kind of sitting there like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Jake was like, like, dude, like you're here because people stole the election for you. Like, don't act like you're above fixing this election. Let's be clear about this. Um right. But the minute they flash back, I was like, I was there. And the question I had that I never did get an answer to was it maybe because I like rewatched the episodes every time they flash back. This episode, I was trying to watch like those particular scenes in detail. And I, it didn't look like they reshot anything. Like it looked like it was all the original footage from Defiance. So it makes me wonder if Shonda had originally shot two. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Shot two, yeah. shot mm-hmm. with yes and one with no, and then just and then used one and kind of stored that one away in the vault, not ever knowing if she would use it. But then it was like, oh, I have this footage that's like because if yeah. you really look at it, the second when they go back and play the second scene where Liv says no, you can see that it looks like it was a fresh take because Carrie wasn't crying in that take. And her Mm -hmm. eyes weren't like as red and just little, just little subtleties, but it didn't look like they Mm -hmm. had like reshot it like currently. So I think it was shot back when they originally shot all the good stuff, which made it even better because it's like you have all the original cast people, all the details were there from the clothing to the, to the set. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was very compelling. I enjoyed the episode a lot. And, and also uh, to your point too, in, you know, trying to figure out whether this was old footage that never aired or if it was actual. And and then, because I have to say that um, I had, you know, when we were discussing Verna one time in one of the, in the uh, Scandalistas and Scandalati, I was looking at the actress and I noticed in, in uh, some current pictures of her, it looked like she had picked up some weight. Mm-hmm. And so when we saw, when we saw her on, on this episode, she didn't look like she had picked right. up any weight. So I was like, so I'm trying to figure out, well, did they tell her to prepare for this or right. did, or, or is this old footage? Because she literally seemed like the same. Um, yeah. And and then again, maybe, maybe, and as we know, Shonda has always said that mm-hmm. she knows how this, how this is going to end. She mm-hmm. knows the end game. So maybe she already knew what she was going to do for mm-hmm. that hundredth episode and yeah. therefore had this backup footage. Let's get some footage of her saying no. Let's get some footage of her saying yes. yes. And and then we'll make then we'll make this decision on where the story is going to go from that point. Um so it looks like his his browser uh crashed. Crashed. Okay. So uh, but if, so, he can, if he can make it back in, he he can. Okay. So, um, so far in the comments, I was just going to jump in real quick because Kamara made a really good point. She was saying, everyone's saying happy Easter. So happy Easter, everyone. And Kamara was like, in my opinion, they left something out, left something out. The grief of Fitz's father. I love the episode, but that was very, but that was crucial. Also, I thought it was disgusting that Jake thought Liv and Fitz were better off with Liv saying yes, when clearly you know everything that Defiance has cost them everything and who and who and I'm sorry and who to say the bill has been paid exactly yes and also let's and then also let's remember Jake wasn't there during that time Mm -hmm. so yeah he doesn't so he doesn't really know I mean he should know some of the cost Mm -hmm. he should know some of the cost because first of all he killed James 
Yeah. So that was one of the that was one of the cost of of defiance is that James was digging into that. Mm-hmm. Then not only was he not only was he digging into that, but then by extension digging into Sally Sally Langston's murder of her husband, which is ultimately right. what got him killed because James kept digging mm-hmm. into things that weren't necessarily meant for him to know. Yeah. So that was a really good and, point. Okay. And so now let's quickly do some cash or trash. Uh, Kamara kind of kicked us off with a little bit of that by telling us, you know, about <laughs> Fitz's father. Uh, and, you know, and I don't know. And the the thing is, the question is, is uh, maybe they left Fitz's father out, number one, because we don't know necessarily if Fitz's father um, might have gone, might have died if if, yes, if, if everything mm-hmm. if, if every everything had gone a different way, because then that means that Fitz's dad never got involved with it, and they mm-hmm. didn't have to deal with him on any level. Right. Um, but let's but let's move ahead to cash or trash, where we're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite moments in the episode. And if it's cash, it's on the money, and if it's trash, it could have hit the cutting room floor. So. <laughs> In this episode, what scenes, through lines, or moments would you cash or trash, and what did you want to see more of? Ooh, I honestly, I was very disappointed in the Quinn storyline. I didn't, I it it didn't ring true for me. I'm sorry. I know um, Katie was when she was doing press, she was promoting the hell out of it, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense for my character." And then when I watched it, I was like. No, it doesn't. Like, <laughs> like if no, it it just didn't make. It and didn't. I get, dropped out of law school to become a reality TV show person to exactly. find love, but they never elaborated on why she needed to find love. So if we're assuming that all things are equal in the scandal verse, correct? And she, right. so the guy that she was with, Gideon, still ended up dead, correct? And she got well, over. They that. didn't necessarily. They didn't necessarily say that he was dead. They just said that she was ready to find love again. So maybe they broke right. up. Okay. But also, also remember in that in that vein that uh, she didn't necessarily know her. So this again, this is Olivia's take on this. Yeah. But I agree. With, I agree with you that it was still not keeping in um, character with who Quinn was when we met her. Yeah. She was timid. She was shy. She she wasn't that girl. But yeah. then again, who's to who's to say what she would be like if her boyfriend broke up with her? Um, because and in, in when we met her, she was on the run from being accused of his murder. Correct. And so therefore, I, therefore that information probably should have informed based on how she presented herself in the first episode and through most of the first season. That should have informed Olivia's take mm-hmm. on her. Yeah, and I don't definitely don't see her as having been that that type of girl who would have gone on to you know on to the yeah. Bachelor uh, or a Bachelor type show. But again, <laughs> but again, somebody mentioned that um, that Shonda loves the Bachelor, so therefore yeah. maybe that maybe that was her tip of the hat to that. But I just felt like I feel like you that that wasn't necessarily Lindsay's calling. Yeah, it wasn't Lindsay's calling. That was a huge miss. So I felt like they could have done something better with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think probably one of my favorite lines of the night was when Cyrus said to James, we want the house. 
I love that Cyrus and that Cyrus and Melly were true. That talk about sticking true to who characters are. I felt like every other character it stuck true to who they are. The Quinn thing was the only one that kind of threw me, but Cyrus was like the house. Like the way he said it was as if he was just, he was going to have an orgasm right there. He was like, we want the house, James. Like, And you, you, <laughs> and you want to know, you know what my cash, what my cash is? What? It's for the one that was not there. He was not included in any. He was oh, not yeah. included in any way. <laughs> he wasn't included in any way. It's like, damn girl, he's been with you for like what, five years, yeah. four years, and you just kind of like didn't even include him in, yeah. you know, in what, in what might have been. Because again, mm-hmm. maybe he never would have been a part. He never would have been in there mm-hmm. had it not been for defiance. Yeah. Because right. that's that's what brought Dad out is the fact mm-hmm. that Fitz became president. Mm-hmm. She was then then Fitz outed her as mistress. Dad came to save the day because right. Dad knew, Dad probably knew that everything that's happening now was coming down the pike for her because right. of what, because of what she uh, got herself wrapped up into. Yeah. Um, I'm trying so, to think if there was any, any other cash d- or trash, I'm trying to think. I think that might have. Those were the two that. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was any other cash or trash. So me. does anybody? So does anybody from the audience have any cash or trash? Yeah. Oh, Moretta, let's go down the comments. So Annette says, I thought it was compelling because the story with Fitz and Olivia was real. I always thought he would have a hard time losing the election and would need time to get over it. Then Moretta says, trash, Fitz kissing Lindsay. (laughs) Charity says, all the scenes with Jake were trash, 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 and more trash. And then Annette says, remember, this is Olivia's dream. I don't think she would have thought about Fitz's father in her dream, referencing why they never brought up Fitz's father's death. Ellie says the writers did that for Katie because she's a huge Bachelor fan. And Ellie said Katie said it was on her bucket list. And then Miss Annette says, I'm not hearing you, Langston. I thought Cy and Melly would have been great if he weren't gay. They are so much alike. And then Kamara says Cash was the wedding. Cash was the work that was done on the Olitz relationship. And then Moretta says, Cash, Abby, talking sense into live. Yes. So now we move on to the game changer. Hmm. So what were what was your game changing moment for this particular episode? Yeah. Oh. Cyrus having an attack, no, Melly having an attack of conscience was very weird to me when she was like, we are not going to out her husband. And I was like, what? I was like, wait, wait. And I, and I, I keep having to remember that this is what would have happened because then I like have thinking was Melly, you were right there conspiring with Cyrus that you're the reason he got stabbed like a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we know how this ends. He stabbed a hundred times and Sally goes crazy. Like this is your fault. But I thought it was, I would have loved to have actually seen Sally Langston in the, um, in the, in, I thought that was a, I'll say that was another miss because they brought her up, but I know Melly and Cyrus were planning her, you know, run, but I would have loved, even if we could have just got like a moment where like they all were like walking out of a restaurant or something and Sally just had like a one line of like, Oh, you you two or or something (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. I'll see you at the polls. Like I would have, 
something like that. But I think my game changing moment, I kind of agree with Kamara. Was it Kamara who said that they did some work on the Olitz relationship? I, I didn't take the relationship and the contents in which it was shown in this episode. I think that Shonda was giving a nod, not to where it's going or to where it's going to end, but she wanted to show that. Cause if you notice, Olivia was very simple in this episode. Olivia was very, um, yeah, simple is the word I would use. She wasn't Olivia Pope as I would put mm-hmm. it. So I felt like Liv was living in her truth in this episode and a lot. And I think that going forward, we're going to see Olivia get back to that. And I think this was Shonda's right. way of kind of showing the audience of this is the Olivia that you yeah. all really know and fell in love with. It's just, she right. had the power suit on and the product was carrying the product bag. Why she was, do, why she was being that. And somewhere along mm-hmm. the way she lost it. And so I think right. this was her way of kind of giving well, it back. And so I think that was my game changing moment was seeing Olivia live but, in her troops. Right. And I'll, and also remember that, you know, and that, and like I said, like you said, her whole, her whole demeanor and her whole um, look, the natural hair, the just kind of dressing down kind of situation. Um, I think that all stems again from what could have been mm-hmm. as opposed to what, uh, as opposed to what's coming, because let's, let's not remember that her confidence was shaken. So mm-hmm. things, things that happened uh, very quickly for her because the, because she won the election came very slowly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you, you know, she didn't have, she couldn't just walk into the, into the White House Oval anymore. She had to wait for an appointment because people were asking, well, why didn't she just go to Professor, to uh, Senator mm-hmm. Putin? You know, number one, because, <laughs> number one, because Norm Lewis is busy on Broadway right now. And then number two, because that was to show how different things were, would, would have been for her mm-hmm. had they not not fix the election she couldn't just walk into the oval right. anymore couldn't just she had to sit just like everybody else get an yeah. appointment and at, at times probably be turned away because she was mm-hmm. not the olivia pope, pope the formidable formidable, yeah. formidable olivia pope because uh, i think she was, we've, yeah she's that but i was gonna say i think we forget a lot of times because we always talk about it from the point of them rigging the election, but it's like the mm-hmm. public doesn't know that the election was rigged. And so I feel right. like sometimes the audience forgets about that. And so you have to remember that the reason she is the Olivia Pope is because as we see with our current president, Kellyanne Conway gets, get once you just have the, the perception that you've gotten someone elected, it gives you a certain, um, power you have a you, uh, you, you have like right. you say, you walk into a room people are like oh you're that person like you right so i think a lot of times we forget that people don't know they rigged the election and then for some reason she thought she was olivia pope mm-hmm. and then kept talking and they mm-hmm. said no 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 not anymore <laughs> yeah because she's definitely not her right but the other the other part of that too is also remember even without the election rigging they did some dirty stuff mm-hmm. to Reston. So mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why she wasn't allowed into the right. into the Oval. Because like the girl said, this this the setup of this meeting was a mistake. Yeah. Because why would he want to talk to you after your campaign basically trashed him, uh tried in and tried to expose his um 
you know, the fact that he has some sort of mental issue mm -hmm. that he was on, that he was on some drug or whatever. Um, so yeah, that, um, yeah, that's def definitely the game changer for me was just the whole idea of her not being who she was or mm -hmm. who we know, who we know her to be. Because again, all of that, all of these, um, cause you saw they started off storefront and then they ended up mm -hmm. getting, ended up getting the, uh, the big, you know, building. office, big building office space. And I'm gonna, I, and my, my guess probably in both cases was it was probably based on something her father did that got her that building mm -hmm. because she didn't go from grassroots to this huge building, not being, not being the, the fast tracker that she was when we first right. met her. Yeah. So her dad, her dad had had to help her out in some way. Um, and it was very interesting that they still used um, Bainbridge, Damascus yeah. Bainbridge. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was, thought it was very telling that Joe Morton didn't have any <coughs> lines in this episode. He didn't, he hardly had a scene, but I love that. Like you say, it stuck true to the fact that everyone was like, Oh, Papa Pope has to tuck his tail and run. Cause Olivia chose fits and she got married. And I was like, no, it still shows you even in that wedding, he's in the shadows, always watching, always aware, mm -hmm. always there. Mm -hmm. Even when she doesn't know he's there and he, right. he very much is aware of what is going on in her life. So I'm like you, he was still pulling the strings. That was the, mm -hmm. that was the picture that Shonda was trying to paint is just in a very different way because she was married to Fitz and she wasn't the Olivia Pope. Okay. Any game changers from the audience at all? Uh, yeah, let's chime in guys. So let's finish up with the comments. So Annette said another cash moment is Liv deciding to be in with Fitz at the end of, at the end of both in the dream and for real. I would agree. Uh, Charity said, Cash is Liv running to tea in the balcony. I would imagine she means Liv running to Tony or Liv running. Was there, I, there was to a scene, the right? Balcony, or, yeah. Or, to the or balcony. Running to the yeah. balcony. Got it. And then mm -hmm. Ellie says, Olivia is not inherently power hungry. Mm, good point. Mm. And, Any and other game changers, guys? There was an awkward moment, but then it kind of, uh, you know, kind of fixed itself because I was like, "Damn, that was kind of cold." That when he came to see when he came to see her at the mm -hmm. at her apartment and said that he came there to marry her, mm -hmm. and he's like, "You know, if you love me half as much as I love you, mm -hmm. you'll say yes." And then she let the door, she let the elevator she door slide. Was I was like, <laughs> "Damn!" I was like, "Oh, damn, that was kind of cold." But, you know, but then she came back and yeah. said yes. And I was like, okay. Yeah. That was cute. It was, like, <laughs> it was very, you know, this was, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the movie Sliding Doors, but it was very much like that. Like where that. there were two two worlds happening and uh, different, each time the character made a different decision, they would show you what would happen if that character made this decision one time, and then they show the scene again and show what would happen if they made the different decision. Yeah. So that's what that's what this reminded me of. Um, so who was your favorite character or MVP in this episode based on the circumstances of this what if episode and why? Ooh, I my MVP would probably be Cyrus. I 
I, I love that. Like I said, it, they, it stuck true that even in an alternate world, Cyrus was still trying to figure out how to get to the White House and Melly and was stay. Still, and stay. And Melly was still allowing herself to be used by a man. I was like, what the hell, Melly? What the hell? Because <laughs> for years we've listened to her say, you've held me back and you've held me down. And I just sacrificed all this for you. And it's like, mm -hmm. so in the alternate universe, he left you. He essentially freed you, let freed you because from what we understood, he she clearly got something out of that divorce because Fitz seemed very bitter when he mentioned it. He was like, <laughs> everything she does is, is a dig. So Clearly, you didn't walk away broken and ruined, aside from we'll say your heart, because we'll give we'll give Millie the fact that she loved Fitz. But it's like he he gave you everything you wanted, and you still did the same thing, Millie. Come on now. So then right. it doesn't. So then everything that she said over this over the course of the seasons is not true. You were there because you wanted to be there, Millie, not because you right. were being forced to be there. So I but thought her and Cyrus were the MVPs because that relationship was very weird. I like James was like, was like Sinai in it. Like, do y'all really expect anyone to believe this? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like come on now. It, it was, but again, it was like, is Shonda playing on reality? Because I thought there was, I hate to say it, but there was a lot of like, um, if you even notice the scene where like, J where they're sitting there talking to James, Cyrus is like sitting and like sitting back and Melly is the one like sitting up with her legs crossed and she's the one like making the contact with him. And I was like, is this supposed to be Shonda's play on like our current presidency? I hate to keep saying it, but would they keep bringing that up about how like they're never seen in public and the lack of affection. And I, I mm -hmm. thought it, so Melly and Cyrus are my MVPs because to have to, to yeah. have to act that out was Man, you guys, kudos yeah. to Jeff and Bellamy because <laughs> that yeah. was awful. Now, <laughs> yeah, but I, I have to say, definitely for this episode, Cyrus was my was the MVP because he still he he was still true to character even in someone else's imagination. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was and it was very interesting what Olivia's take on, uh, as you said, her her take on Melly as well. That Melly is so caught up in the power that she misses. She misses the important things because for the longest time, you know, even though we knew later on that Melly knew for a while that they were having the affair, mm -hmm. Melly, Melly was missing it. And mm -hmm. when we, uh, when we saw the flashbacks in the, um, when she caught them on the elevator mm -hmm. and, and she didn't realize that it was actually kind of a reciprocal thing that was mm -hmm. going on. Like she said, like she even said in this, I thought that he was just being handsy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so therefore she didn't realize that it wasn't just him being handsy that one time on the elevator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was much more than that. But we like I said, we also knew that, you know, something she knew sooner than we thought that she mm -hmm. knew. Yeah. Based on flashbacks. Um, so do we have any any reactions to the MVP? from our audience? Uh, let's see, Miss Kamara said, when she came out of her daydream, I think Liv realized that she and Fitz would have had a life and if they would have, and they would have worked, that they would have worked. She said she realized she made the wrong decision and the oval wasn't what she needed. Hence, instead of Melly, she, she uh, sorry, it starts moving guys. She said, hence, instead of Melly, she, she, she chose the love of her, chose the love of her life and doing the right thing. 
The people truly chose Cyrus. Moretta says, Abby is MVP. You look at him and you see your own failure and it disgusts you. Abby hit the nail right on the head. Kamara says, Cyrus and Melly were so sad. Melly chose power again and will end up miserable. <laughs> Moretta says, you saw Liv's disgust when Marcus put the TV on to watch the Grant report. <laughs> that, that was a funny moment. Um, and then... And then Annette says to Moretta, exactly, that's why Olivia kept running away from Fitz. Mm -hmm. So now, who was your least favorite character in this episode and why? Uh, I already discussed it. It was Quinn. Yeah, it, it was Quinn for was, me too. Sorry, Quinn. Just, because, yeah. I mean, because not only, not only the whole um, Bachelor thing, but then even her backstage moment with uh, Fitz. with Fitz was just like that's so totally out of character for her because yeah. yes she yes she's aggressive and and kill hungry now but back then she wouldn't have been she mm -hmm. would have been she still was that timid because even though even when we saw the argument be between her and her boyfriend like she said in her trial she was drunk when that mm -hmm. happened and and yes you know she got on the phone and cursed him out in a voicemail <laughs> but a voicemail she couldn't even she couldn't even face yeah, him for real person. To, be able to, to be able to do that so therefore her aggressiveness just goes to show that there's a blank spot in olivia's idea of who quinn was because none of them knew who she was before right. she came to opa mm -hmm. so that so, I mean, it's interesting in the fact that it just tells the story that Olivia has no idea. And Quinn, I, I think Quinn has said this before. You have no idea who, who I, am. I am. Yeah. So that 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 further illustrates that she has no idea who who Lindsay was before she became Quinn. But I get it that this was supposed to be some fun moment for, um, you know, for Quinn or um damn it, I can't remember her real name right now. <laughs> Katie. 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 Katie Lowe's. I'm sure it was supposed to be a fun moment for Katie Lowe's. But it was it was cute at first when you finally realized what the purpose of that tiara was. It was cute right. at first. Yeah. But then but then when they went the step further and had her on the grant report and then there was that whole backstage moment, I was like, okay, this is totally out of character. So that was my least favorite character choice. I guess that would be more that would be more appropriate. That's let's change that yes. question to who what was your what was your least favorite character choice in this episode and why? So we've both given ours. What about you, audience? Yeah. Uh let's see. Moretta says least favorite person in the episode was Marcus, only because his head and lips looked disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That, and to that point, and to that point, let's talk about the fact that it's weird. <laughs> it's weird to me that she, I, if if you were gonna, um, if you're gonna eliminate Jake, which of course we know Jake wasn't around during mm -hmm. that point, I'd have been okay with them not having, uh, with them not having Marcus there, and possibly just using some old flashback footage of, of Harrison. Correct, yeah. but then that would, but of course that wouldn't have jived with her new hairstyle either. Because they would, and they would have had to probably pay Columbus of some or something. But yeah. here's the thing: they referenced so many characters that we didn't see. Leo, Sally. She could have just said, "I'm thinking about just opening up or just doing, you know, what she was doing with my friend Harrison." Like she could have 
We didn't have to even. She could have referenced. Yeah, they so, could have referenced him, and they could have just right. shot somebody from the back, like a black guy with a bald head. Like they, you know, yeah. I mean, there was something they could have done. The Marcus thing, yeah, because yeah. it yeah, was like, think, how would I they think... have met up? Although in his well, original episode, well, uh, she stated, right? She was like, "I know who you are," like because it's been, it was right. like presented that he was local. So yeah. He's a he was a known activist and everything, but we never got the impression that they actually traveled in the same circle. Right. But but again, in the vein of this being a what if, she was kind of an activist in this particular situation. So yeah. therefore, that's why they knew each other in this universe. And maybe that was her idea was, you know, maybe in a different world, Marcus and I would have been friends. Yeah. Because in this universe, they're not necessarily friends because remember what he said to her in episode two when she said, well, come on, Marcus, we're friends. And <laughs> yeah, he said, no, 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 you're, you're Olivia Pope. Pope. Can't right. stress that so. enough. So, <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't friends. We ain't friends. <laughs> Call this like it is. And then Miss Kamara said, she agrees with Langston and I. She said, Quinn was my least favorite in this episode. She was just too trashy. The way she came after Fitz was just nasty. I do love the fact that Fitz realized how much he loves lives and just love lived and just kicked her off of him. I think it had less to do with realizing how much he loved Liv. And if you, the way that scene was shot when she went down on him and they reversed the camera, he was looking at himself in the mirror and he didn't mm -hmm. like what he saw. So I think it had less to do with yeah. loving Liv and more about it, like seeing himself for the first time. Well, it could have. It could have had to do with Liv and him looking at himself and realizing he wasn't being the man that he should be, you know, yeah. he's a married man. He's a married man. He's not living up to his potential in any way. And he's yeah. got a flask. He's drinking every freaking day. <laughs> Just every which day. He does, which, he, which he does anyway. Right. Which he was doing anyway. But I think, I mean, the fact that he was actually drinking while on air. Yeah. Which like, is some, oh. which is it? Which is at least something he doesn't do as president. He Correct. drinks a lot in the office. Mm -hmm. But when it's time, when it's time to be on, yeah. Fitz is on. And he yeah. doesn't, and so because uh, she even referenced that uh, Quinn, uh, well, yeah. Lindsay even references the fact was is that is that the reason for your poor performance? Because you know he was just like wasn't even prepared for the interview because yeah. he didn't care yeah. because you could because even when the girl told him you know she's got a, a million yeah. followers on on Instagram, he didn't he even was know like, what that was. Like whatever. <laughs> then Kamara brought up a very good point. What the hell happened to Steven? Well, let's just put this in perspective. First of all, Steven was there for the first season. Now, if you recall, when we went into flashbacks as of season two, Steven wasn't there. So I we're I guess we're, what we're supposed to understand is that Steven didn't come on board until after she built OPA. Correct. Because they, they had not yet started OPA when we met um, when we met Abby and Harrison and uh, Huck. Remember, because they mm -hmm. met in a diner. She was just pulling them together for the first time. It was the first time uh, that Harrison and Abby met. It was the first time that they were meeting Huck and Huck was smelly and everybody <laughs> in the diner was not was not ha was not having it. About, yeah. So. So I guess we, I guess, like I said, we can guess from there that Stephen didn't come on board until 
after the election. So although he was although he was the only one that knew about Olivia's affair and obviously because she confided in him because she never told anybody else. Right. Um, and so and they they found out because I think Harrison Harrison put it together based on the fact that the president came to the hospital to see her. Right. So that's what that's what happened to Stephen. Stephen was not in existence at the time of the election period. And I'm, okay. I'm going to assume that because she didn't necessarily get OPA started the way she did in the real world, Stephen was not, they probably didn't, they probably didn't cross paths because I believe the way that they, she met Stephen was in the court. If yes. I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Or I got the impression that like even Abby knew him and they like somehow met through, you know what right. I mean? Cause Abby had the crush right. on him. And so, yeah, she couldn't keep her couldn't keep her little loins together when he was around. <laughs> so let's let's go with what what were your top two character quotes from this episode? Ooh, top two character quotes. Uh, I reference. I'll, go ahead if you have it. Go ahead. I was gonna say mine was. Do I make myself clear, honey? <laughs> From Melly, from Melly, when she was letting when she was letting Cyrus know that she knew she knew his tea, and uh, <laughs> and his face his face in that moment was like, uh, yeah, yeah, you made, you made yourself clear, you made yourself clear. And then my second quote, although I don't remember his exact words, but at the bottom line was, uh, oh, was after he basically read her the riot act of, yeah, you knew Effa. You knew the deal, so therefore, so therefore, so therefore, and and just basically, just basically, his whole little monologue about uh, you don't want a second divorce because that will ruin you. So, in other words, you're staying in this marriage whether you like it or not, and you know, and uh, the fact that um, that you don't have to worry about me sleeping with another woman. Oh so, gosh. Uh, Wait, so I don't have to worry about you sleeping with another woman, but you didn't say nothing about sleeping with men. So what's going on? What's Damn. the story here? So Damn. he didn't he didn't he didn't necessarily say that he wouldn't do that. And yeah. um and then basically uh we'll stay in, we'll have pizza. Mwah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, was good. that was hilarious i referenced the one earlier when cyrus said to james we want the house i love that i love that cyrus mm-hmm. he he refers to it as if it's god or something i we want the, mm-hmm. he what did he say we, we want, want a him. hey he said we want a house we want the house, we want the house. that was good and then i I kind of got a chuckle when Fitz said to Liv, how's Marcus Walker? And she just kind of looked and he was like, are you screwing him? You must be because you're not screwing me. Certainly not the way I like. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like okay, take it there, Fitz. Take not, it there. You're not giving me the old school old Yeah, Let's so I was together. like, I was like, did Olivia become like less of a freak in her dreams? Like, did she become <laughs> But that just goes to show how well she knows Fitz because she knows that that's where that's what he yeah. would jump to mm-hmm. if, if she wasn't if she wasn't giving him what he wanted. Yeah. So Annette says to Kamara, 
he wasn't working with Liv on Fitz's campaign, talking about Steven. So Steven was not there during the campaign. And then Annette says, my least favorite was Lindsay as well. And then Kamara said, okay, I guess I just missed seeing him. <laughs> and then, oh, Kamara agreed with me. She said, OMG, Eldia, that was mine too. Fitz complaining. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Yes. So, um, let's see so and we can and we have plenty of more time so we can have even further discussion beyond what we what we've got plotted out here and i'll slow us down if we start going we look like we're about to go over but basically um uh final thoughts about how how did this episode serve the overall show or the season season's larger plot did anybody feel like it felt out of place or that it's actually um putting us where we need to be. It didn't feel out of place. It believe it or not, it felt like it froze time. So therefore it felt like it felt with it fit within the theme of the season cuz a lot of things have been frozen in time. Like you you mentioned <laughs> wait, it wait. okay. What? <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back to the favorite line. <laughs> yes. I, just, I knew you were going to see Because I just read something. So I'm going to let you read it. I was like, Ooh, I forgot about that one. I forgot about that I don't one. Know, like, okay. Gonna... So we're backtracking to, to uh, favorite character quotes real quick. Uh, before we go to I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. Um, <laughs> Defiance County, or as I like to call it, Amer. Wait, Defiance County, or as I like to call it, America's clitoris. Right, that is clitoris. Right, mm -hmm. tiny, hard to find, but if you blimp it just right, the whole damn country yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hollis, mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and that came from Moretta, right? Yes. Oh yes. my gosh! Thanks, Moretta, for Thank that. You. For that. For that, because I have forgotten about oh, that. Yeah, totally. Because I think I think I think I was sitting here in the living room with my roommate <laughs> sister when that happened, and I was like, oh. "I missed that." Did he really say that? <laughs> he did say that. I, he did oh. say that. I think it. Uh, I think he said it during the um, when they were on the plane. When they that's were the only time I remember. Yeah, because that's the only when they were making the vote. Because I don't remember seeing him any any time after that. Okay. That oh yeah, because that was kind of hateful, Annette, when she said, "Next time, make an appointment." Because <laughs> that 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 was that was probably like I said, that was a stunning scene for me because of the fact that she registered no emotion on her face whatsoever when he yeah. said, "I came here to ask you to marry me," and then she let the elevator shut in his face, and I was like, "Damn, that's kind of cold." Cold. So back to what we were talking about, if it fit the overall um, storyline, I feel like a lot of stuff has been frozen in time this season. Cause I like when you brought it up at the beginning and you're like, Cyrus is still in jail. And I started laughing. Cause it's, I like, I feel like, what was it like episode three was the last time we saw Cyrus? Mm -hmm. Like it has been mm -hmm. a minute, but in scandal time is well, we what, did, two we weeks. Did. We did. We did see him in uh, episode eight. When, yeah, the happy happy set. So, but he's still in. But he's still in prison, and that's that's the only that's uh, getting to the overall, um, you know, serving the overall show or the season's uh, larger plot. It's getting harder to tell where we are in mm -hmm. the in the real timeline mm -hmm. because we've gone back so much, mm -hmm. and 
I'm, I'm guessing at this point that Cyrus has probably been in jail for at least a month. Right. Because remember, because remember, um, vote the election night is at the top of November. Right. And so now we're talking now we're talking about the electoral vote looming. So that means we're almost in December or really close to mm-hmm. that December 18th deadline that they normally have. Mm-hmm. So he's been in jail for at least a month now. Right. So so it, that's that's how that's how I've been able to keep up with the timeline is uh the fact that they keep that they keep mentioning the electorate. And I so, think it'll get cleared up in the next episode because the previous <laughs> show with Olivia saying we've got to get Cyrus out of jail and David doing the press conference where he announced that Cyrus is innocent. Now we don't know the contents in which all that we'll have to watch the, the episodes so, to see. But I'm like you, their deadline's gotta be looming. So um, at some point, he's got to get out, and they've got to, you know, start to get this somewhat wrapped up so that they can, you know, move on to and, another one. And I know it's a bit of a fake out because they, when they say, "and what happens next, there will be blood," yeah. is uh, Jake has got uh, David in the headlock. And yeah. I'm like, okay, look, you ain't gonna kill David. David. Come on, no, come on, Jake. You can't kill David. Although David know. is probably. Or as some people like to say, David is the stupidest, you know, attorney general right. on the planet. Yeah. Like, because, and he still is thinking, the attorney general in her dream, right? He's, right? N- no, what no. Is, I think he was. Him and Abby I think were married. He was, I think they were just hanging out. They were all just hanging out. I think he was still whatever he was when they were doing what they were doing. He was, um, state. he was some sort of a, like a state attorney or something yeah, like that, attorney. but I don't. I don't remember his exact title, but he was like a state attorney as opposed to mm-hmm. the attorney general of the yeah. entire United States. Um, so, that but overall, funny. I felt like they gave us that lead in, which let us, you know, that number one gave us the lead into into the fantasy sequence or the what if sequence, which then led to her making a decision about which side she wants to be on, uh, Jake's side or or Fitz's side. Right. Um, and number and then of course it furthers furthers where we're about to go. You know, it kind of is about to propel us into, you know, what happens next. So it didn't feel completely out of place. But I will say the reason that it felt on point and in place for me is because the same exact thing happened in season two, except then we didn't get to see her thought process and what mm-hmm. thought process and see how she came to the decision that she was going to walk into the office and tell everybody what was going on. Right. And they stopped her because as Harrison said, you may think you want to know, but you don't want to know because if you know, you'll become a witness for the prosecution and that takes, that opens a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. So everybody, everybody stood firm and saying, we don't want to know. So it was Huck said, no, Abby said, no. Um, Harrison said no, and ultimately Quinn had to relent and say, "Okay, what do you want us? What do you want us to do?" Yeah. So that's go. what that's what the decision was about. The decision was Olivia's bed moment from season two when she took to her bed trying to figure her way out of it when she mm-hmm. thought that it was about to be exposed. And in this same vein, you are given the choice of: Do we get Cyrus out of jail, clear his name, or do we let these people take over the government? Because not only are they taking, they're taking over the president, they're taking over the White House, and by extension, taking over the entire country, and they're going to try to run the country by controlling Melly. So this was her visible thought process telling us, 
you know, yeah, we made a bad decision back then, but if Fitz weren't here, who would we have? Mm-hmm. We would have rest. We would have rest in a man who puts off his people and basically says, this meeting is a mistake. I'm not meeting with you. Right. That's not that's not who Fitz has ever been in the entire time that we've known him. He's never just turned someone away. Yeah. He, so, he, yeah, I was just going to say, let's jump back in on the comments because there's some good ones and there's a question in here. So Charity said, I love the episode. Every drop of it minus Fitz and Lindsay. This is the turning point for Liv and her choices. Kamara says, well, wait, I'm going to read the other comment, then I'll jump back to your question, Kamara. Annette says, I felt like this resolved Liv's feelings about rigging the election and helps her see she doesn't really want to do that again. It also shows Liv can make things happen without the power of the Oval, i.e. getting the criminal reform bill passed. And then Mm -hmm. Kamara says, does anybody have any idea why we're going to watch the trail at eight and Trojan horse at nine? How, how does the trail come into all of this? Because they're probably going to do a similar episode where we get Mm -hmm. to see how it all got started Mm -hmm. and then ultimate, ultimately give us an ending um, like they did, like they there will be blood. Somebody's going to end up dead. So, yeah, because that's that's the only reason that I can imagine that they're showing us the trail is probably because they want us, they're going to show us things that happened on the trail in season two, which mm-hmm. were, which was the actual election. And then something, something must relate to that. Something must relate to that in Trojan Horse because I I noticed that too on the schedule. It was like something there must be something that they want to remind us of. Yeah, because they don't ever really hardly ever replay scandal episodes like ever, mm-hmm. ever, especially on ABC. But, like, but you know what? But ever. but the trail but the trail was a very important episode in <laughs> season one. Yeah. And also, I feel like they could be trying to gain some momentum off of the 100th episode because there was so much promotion and so much hype around it and the ratings really delivered. So if for some reason people have gone away, have now come back, like you say, the trail is away or someone that just may have discovered it was like, what's the show? 100th episode. I'm going to watch the trail is an easy episode for them to sort of get a lot of information Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and be able to kind of connect the dots. Without all the pieces for the next episode, even. Because for me, the trail, even though it was number six out of seven, Mm -hmm. and I swear to God, the trail gave you so much information that you could easily say that we had 14 episodes. Yeah. Of of Scandal. What was that? Oh, I think our time is about to be up. Oh, time Uh, is about to be up. So we got about about 10 minutes. Okay. So, um, but basically, yeah, I think that the the trail was... Uh, there's some there's something in the trail that's going to inform Trojan Horse. So and then Kamara brought up a point. She said, "But Langston, Liv was set up to take the fall for killing Vargas. She couldn't move on Cyrus without incriminating herself." And then before you respond, Annette no, says, "I no, no. wait before you respond." <laughs> Annette <laughs> says, "I agree, Langston. They are showing it. They are showing how it how it gets started, so we can get so we can better understand the choices being made in this election." 
But go ahead, respond okay. to Kamara's question or point. Kamara, no, they didn't set her up to take the fall for killing Vargas. They set up Cyrus to take the fall for killing Vargas. They set up Olivia to look like she to look like she framed. said that she was the one that framed Cyrus in the first place. Uh, that's why they put the money in her account, just like they put the money in uh, Abby's account to make it look to keep her in check because if Abby says anything, then they can report it and say that she was accepting um, money from, uh, what was it, a, a Chinese um, political gang or something yeah. like that. So yeah, no, she wasn't set up to take the fall for killing him, but to set she was set up to take the fall for um, framing Cyrus. Yeah. Um, so no matter what, everybody is in a box. Nobody can make a move without these people turning some got some kind of screw that can totally you know yeah. set set their set their lives into a free fall um so any other final thoughts before we go um we literally have uh, six minutes um i'm trying to think if there's anything else i would like to talk about we didn't talk about the wedding obviously olivia looked the very was, beautiful and the, the dress wedding was beautiful as moretta said as Moretta said, we finally got our dream wedding. Wedding, everyone was, was there. Litter, but it Abby, literally was exactly a that, a dream. Abby was standing there. <laughs> Jake didn't make it his best man. Papa Pope was lurking in the shadow. I thought it was really neat or beautiful when like Huck didn't want to let her go. And she like looked yeah. at him and was like, it's okay. <laughs> and he was but like, But you know what? <laughs> and that's the other thing. That's the other thing too. People question Huck's hair. Now, yeah. remember, remember, Huck no, is he had he a lot is. of hair, right? No, that's what I'm saying. People had a problem with it, you know, with all this bushy, wiggy hair. Big deal. He had bushy, wiggy hair when we first met him. But yeah. the reason he still has bushy, wiggy hair is number one, and he also still had a beard. And number one, he was still in hiding. He still, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what happens, he still worked for he still worked for B613 before mm -hmm. he met Olivia. Right. And so therefore, he hadn't come into his own yet. He didn't come into his own until he was you know he was barely in his own when we first met him he was still he was huck was kind of timid if anybody remembers before we ever found out that he used to work for b613 right uh and, and then it was only it was only in season two when certain circumstances began to make him want to crave killing because i think the thing that set him off was what the belt when he had yes. to kill that when he had to kill that uh that guy that killed the girl mm -hmm. um not the belt, but what was it called? It was called the something belt. It wasn't just the belt because the belt was this past um, season. This, this season. I can't. I know what you're the talking belt about. Beltway. Beltway. The beltway. Belt yeah, I want to say underbelt. Yeah. Yeah, the beltway. And uh, so, therefore, when he killed that guy, when he gave gave the guy the air bubble, and that that's what set him down the path of being this wild, crazy person that we now know. Um, because and so basically. He was still, you know, he was he was timid uh, when they when they showed him in the flashbacks of season two. And so therefore, this is just re reiterating that he wasn't always the the crazy and the totally um, focused Psycho. when he came when it yeah. when it came to his computer, to his computer stuff. He's still smart, but he was still clinging on to Olivia for approval that it was okay to do certain things, mm -hmm. especially in public, because remember he had been homeless. He had been down in the train station. So he wasn't used to, used to being 
social with people. So right. he didn't he didn't know what the next thing to do. Hell, remember she he had to ask her if it was okay to say goodbye to Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And, yeah, that was season four. So he still she doesn't like, have any. Yeah. He doesn't have. He literally has no social graces. Yeah, no that's social. why. That's why he keeps getting fooled by women because yeah. he has no social graces. Because right. he lost all of that when he walked away from his family. He mm-hmm. got wait. That was fourteen. Now it was fourteen years ago that he got mm-hmm. married to Kim. So right. imagine how long he was on the streets before Olivia met him. Yeah. So because Javi well, was like what nine. Well, that was as of that was season two. So it was 14 years then. At this Mm -hmm. point, it's been 20 years. So just imagine, just imagine back then he was probably he had probably been on the street for at least nine to 10 years. Yeah. So if you guys want to keep chiming in with your final thoughts, because we're going to wrap up. Uh, Annette says, I love the wedding. It was picture perfect. And uh, Charity wants to know, do we have an after dark? I don't think we're going to have one this week just because things have been a little crazy. But when we get back to it, we're going to bring it with both with everything we got. So we'll try, but I don't think so. Um, And 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 if we weren't, if we weren't on the timer, we would keep going for you guys. So then, then we could probably edit it down and separate the two. But unfortunately we're on a timer. So yeah. And And it, it chimed just, again. We got okay. three minutes. Okay. And then Annette said, did y'all find it interesting that Jake wasn't much of a factor in Liv's dream? He wasn't even at the wedding. I think it says a lot about how she really feels about him. Anybody else wondering what happened to Portia? I was going to bring that up, Miss Ellie, because the cast did a big, like, thank you. And her name was not on the the poster, but I think it was only because it was contracted people who like took that out. It was Carrie, Tony, Darby, it was nine of them. And I think they're the only ones that are on contract. So I just think they haven't written for Miss Portia's character this season. Um, And then Kamara says, yes, it does. Annette. And just back to the Portia thing really quickly, keep in mind, if you're not on contract, or even if you are on contract, you're still only guaranteed so many episodes, which is my reason why I think Jake sometimes pops up in shit that doesn't make sense is because Scott yeah. Foley is like guaranteed like yeah. 17 out of 22 episodes or something like he has to be in them. So just keep and, that in mind. And then also remember, she may not have ever met Jake if not for defiance because right. the only exactly. reason Jake, only yeah. reason Jake was there was to, to divide was originally to divide her from Fitz. So right. let's go ahead and wrap. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up and say thank you. This concludes the Scandal podcast for April 16th, 2017. Mm-hmm. Join us next week on April 24th, 23rd. I'm sorry. Yeah. When, we'll, when, we'll be, when we'll be reviewing episode Scandal episode 11, Trojan Horse, which Ooh. will be directed by Jan Turner and written by Jess Brownell and Nicholas Nardini. And until next week, pay attention and review, review, review. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) We did it! Yay! (laughs) Yay! You'd be proud of us, Jaha. Yeah, we had it down. Woo! (laughs) And we and we did it without running out of time. (laughs) So okay, so we'll chat offline later on. Yeah. um, And then we'll check in on Jaha. Yeah, Um, we'll send her your love, guys. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.